This is a Federal News Network podcast. You're listening to the Space Hour on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Eric White. From GPS to weather tech to national security, satellite imagery is used for all sorts of important aspects of life here on Earth. Now one company is looking to vastly improve the quality of those images, which means improvements in all those sectors I mentioned. HiSpec IQ claims it is now positioned to become the world's leading provider of space-based hyperspectral imagery. To find out more, I spoke with the company's vice president of product and sales, Tim Abbott. So HiSpec IQ is a, a company that is has been around for a couple of years. We've had uh, an initial start probably, I, I, and, I, and don't quote me on this, uh, I, I think maybe 2015 is when the company got started to build this hyperspectral. It had a couple systems integrators like Boeing and Raytheon behind it. Uh, who subsequently canceled their program. So after canceling their program, HiSpec kind of, you know, slowed down a little bit in its technology acceleration and design and building of the platform. Uh, Then when the government started to get more interested in in what hyperspectral can bring to the battlefield and to the commercial world as well, uh, and also as it started to embrace commercial imagery as a whole, I think, as you understand, there was a time there wasn't a lot of commercial imagery, uh, I guess, acceptance or requirements or needs that were stated by the government. Uh, and that has since changed. And I think for for good reason, it has changed. Uh, so the National Reconnaissance Office had a studies contract so they could understand the capabilities of commercial imagery. Uh, and HiSpec competed in one and was the only uh, HSI platform that was selected to partake in that study. And that study basically helps the government understand, you know, what commercial imagery can do, everything from resolution to uh, visitation rates, uh, data formats, you know, on and on about uh, commercial imagery. So with that contract, uh, that breathed a lot of life into the into the company. Uh, we had a subsequent investment from a, a, a large and uh, I don't know the right way to say this, but I, I don't want to use his name because that can't be said. So we had a large investor come in that really kicked off the company. We started to you know further develop and enhance the design and bring it up to date from where it was in 2015 and 2016. Uh, and now we're have an office in Herndon, Virginia. Uh, we're still delivering on the contract with the National Reconnaissance Office. Uh, we're starting to par- partner with a lot of people inside the government and some commercial entities in the insurance and agricultural and oil and gas. Uh, we launch uh, our two satellites is the first launch of our constellation in September, about two, uh, not about September of 2023. So. We're in Herndon. We just got back from the Dubai Air Show, which was very interesting. We're trying to measure demand, not only in the U.S. government, but some foreign MODs as well. Uh, and the interest in what we bring from a HSI capability has been uh, overwhelming is not the right word, but it's been highly encouraging. Uh, there are a lot of data sets out there, and we think hyper HSI hyperspectral is going to be one of those data sets that rounds out and completes a lot of black holes that uh, not only the U.S. government, but our mission partners are, are missing right now. Yeah. What about the technology has really stood out that makes it different? I mean, as you all have grown, so has the sophistication of 
spectral imagery from satellites. Uh, what, what can you tell me about specifically about the technology itself? So if you look at even across all the spectrums, the ability to process data has, you know, continues to improve, you know, almost daily. So hyperspectral brings a, a large amount of data with it from space, which previously meant it was, it was very hard to do that amount of processing. The processing powers uh, and capabilities have increased. So that's one of the aspects. We also have some uh, technologies that in fabrication of the, the lenses uh, has not been used before, and that allows us to rapidly build uh, these, uh, our, I'll just say our sensors, different and unique than, than other people have been able to do in the past, not only from a economical sense, but also from a, a, a schedule standpoint. So if we look to terms like resiliency, which is why the NRO and the U.S. government is looking to uh, incorporate commercial entities into their overall space capabilities and intelligence gathering capabilities, the ability to rapidly replenish constellations is of utmost importance to our national security. So that's one of the aspects. So. Yeah, I just think there's, you know, technology is rapidly advancing. I think, you know, hyperspectral has been around forever. Uh, I was actually part of a hyperspectral program at NGA in 2010. Uh, that was wildly successful. And I think as we start to look at the near peer battlefield that we're, the national defense strategy is gearing towards, we, we lose that ability like we had in Afghanistan and Iraq to fly any asset we wanted at any time and collect anywhere we wanted, you know, that is no longer going to be an advantage we have. So you have to move some of these capabilities to space in order to stay competitive against our near peers. So there's a lot of things that are all coming together. I, you know, I call it the, you know, the, the three pillars of high spec IQ is the, the technology that we have. It's different and unique. And we provide something particularly straight for the DOD and the IC. Uh, the team that we have, we have some of the most experienced satellite providers and HSI experts in the world. Uh, and what I just talked about is kind of the, the timing, right? Those three T's of technology team and timing is all coming together nicely for high spec IQ. Yeah, on the timing, speaking to several other uh, industry folks like yourself, you know, the government is probably the number one customer for many aspects of space technology. Um, wh what would you say about the the need? You know, you said the timing, that need just cropped up like right out of nowhere for you guys. Almost, uh, It was almost perfect. So, so I think, and again, not part of the company back in 2015 and 16, but I think you know, not I think you had you had the people like Bill Schuster, who's an expert in this field and, and, and basically created a lot of the U.S. space capability, uh, anticipated the, the technology and the capability that HSI brings and and had the insight to think we can do this from space. We're going to lose that capability that we're enjoying now. <clears throat> uh, so I think it just kind of came together with you know, all the things that I talked about, but the government, you know, needs to go to commercial to, to supplement and complement uh, other assets that it has. Uh, and I do think we took the approach. Well, we, uh, I don't think I, we took the approach that 
there are specific needs in the Department of Defense and IC that you just can't say, oh, HSI meets those needs. There are specific things within HSI that are pertinent to certain different missions, just, just like in all things, just like in electrical, optical, or any type of technology. And we are focused right now on the Department of Defense and the IC and the mission areas that, that they have capability gaps in right now. We cover the past and the present. Uh, let's look towards the future. Uh, where do you see this all going um, with you know, the amount of data that is now coming in through imagery? Uh, is that going to be an issue in the future or, or is the technology there kind of keeping up? So the technology is keeping up. And I would say, Eric, you get into understanding the customer, right? So we would say, and we are, and I know from working in the government and, and subsequently outside of the government, that the expertise of hyperspectral lies within the Department of Defense and the IC. So they have the capability to manage this data that's coming in. Uh, we will do some processing and then hand that over to the government for their specific requirements. But after that, you get into... Um, you know, what the customer can handle. And some customers will be able to handle analysis ready data and do what they need to do with it. And we will give them data sets all the way to where I would say, you know, level four and beyond, if I may use that term, where they're just getting an answer, just information as a system. So all we don't expect the customers to be able to process and analyze and derive information writ large from any customer we deal with. Every customer will be specific to their mission set, what their requirements are, and how they want to consume the, the information. So anywhere from analysis-ready data to information as a service is where we see uh, us servicing the customers, both in the DOD and IC and in the commercial world. But if they want data, they'll get it, right? <laughs> if they want data, they'll get it. And if they, and, and there's no doubt about it. And, you know, I am the senior VP of uh, products and services. So if they want services and they want the data and manage the services uh, and do the and manage the data themselves and drive, there is learning curves that we will be able to educate and facilitate and you know transition off to them after they get the the capability to do it on their own. So that would be wonderful. That's Tim Abbott, Senior Vice President of Product and Sales for the company High Spec IQ. That's going to do it for us today. As always, there is more to all of these interviews. You can find them on our website at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Space Hour. I'm Eric White. We'll see you in 2022, but bye for now.